Welcome to the Pop Culture Palace Presents Podcast, the official show for the Pop Culture Palace website. Every other week on this feed, you will find an episode from a rotating group of shows. This week, we bring you Pop Culture Palace Presents Episode 17, Best Event Ever 2018, The Ray, Number 18. This is the Pop Culture Palace Presents, and I'm your host, Al Sedano. This episode is part of the Best Event Ever crossover. In case you forgot from last year, you were listening, right? Best Event Ever is a yearly crossover event between several podcasts and blogs. Each year, we choose a different comic event to cover. This year, we are covering DC's 1995 event, Underworld Unleashed. For a list of the other shows and blogs that are part of this, go down to the show notes. They'll be listed there. As for our part of this event, we will be covering issues 18 and 19, 19's next episode, of the series The Ray. Before we get to the actual issue, I want to give you a little background info on The Ray. His real name is Ray Terrell, and he first appeared in February 1992 in the first issue of The Ray six-issue miniseries, created by Jack C. Harris and Joe Quesada. For brevity's sake, I'm just going to go read The Ray's origin as given on his Wikipedia page. It's a lot quicker than if I tried to synopsize it. From a very young age, Raymond Terrell is told by his supposed father that exposure to direct sunlight will kill him. Privately tutored in his window-darkened home, he is dubbed Night Boy by the media. At the age of 18, Ray learns the truth about his heritage while at the deathbed of his father, Happy Terrell. The dying man admits that he was the Golden Age Ray and that exposure to sunlight would activate Raymond's own light-based superpowers. As a child, he would have been unable to control such power and thus had to be kept in darkness. At the funeral for Happy, Ray meets his cousin Hank, who urges him to become a superhero like his father. When he refuses, Happy shows up very much alive, in his classic Ray costume, and looking far younger than he should to meet his son. He tells Raymond that he was in fact raised by his uncle, Thomas Terrell, and that he must use his newfound powers to save the Earth from a powerful cosmic light entity. Raymond eventually decides to take up the mantle of the Ray, defeats the evil Dr. Polaris, and succeeds in dissuading the light entity from its destructive purpose. There we go. Now, about two years after the end of his introductory miniseries, and having been a member of Just League America for most of that time, the Ray received his own ongoing series. Well, it was ongoing for about 28 issues and one annual. Anyway, 18 issues into that series, that's where we are. I probably should also explain Underworld Unleashed, just in case you didn't know what that was either. Underworld Unleashed was an event that DC Comics did in the fall of 1995. The main three-issue miniseries was written by Mark Wade with art by Howard Porter. The main point of the series is that the demon lord Neron has come to Earth looking to buy some souls. In the first issue, he contacts most of the villains of the DCU and offers them either greater power or some other heart's desire in exchange. Many of them take him up on it, including Lex Luthor, Cerise, the Joker, Abracadabra, Blockbuster, the Cheetah, and Major Disaster. 
While this issue is technically considered part 21 of the crossover, that really doesn't matter. After issue 1 of Underworld Unleashed, either the effective villains or Neron himself went after the different heroes of the DC Universe in their individual titles. There's no real reading order for that. The only reading order that sort of counts is that this issue takes place after Underworld Unleashed number 1, and most likely before number 2. Now like I said before, there are links to all the other podcasts and blogs in the show notes, but the only one you really could listen to first if you want to is Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, episode 109, because they are covering Underworld Unleashed number 1. If you want to listen to that one first, I totally understand. Go to the link and listen to them. I already did, it's a really good episode. You can come back here when you're done. In fact, while you do that, I'm going to go listen to a promo for another podcast, and I'll catch back with you after that. Evolution is a constant, even for the world's greatest superheroes. Founding members have departed, new members have stepped in to fill the ranks, and their final memories of Happy Harbor are of a stunning betrayal and the loss of their secret sanctuary. But there is only one place to go for the Justice League of America, as they march into the Bronze Age of Comics, straight up! More precisely, 22,300 miles up above the Earth. Welcome to a bold new era for Justice's First Dawn, a classic Justice League of America podcast. Your host, Mike Peacock, invites you to make yourself comfortable for over 100 issues and their very first annual with the League as they enter the much-beloved satellite era. Here's a brief sampling of the thrills and chills that await your podcast catcher, a veritable who's who of new members, such as the Elongated Man, Red Tornado, Satana, and Firestorm. Surprise membership returns. More epic team-ups with the Justice Society of America, along with appearances by the Legion of Superheroes, the All-Star Squadron, the New Gods, and even a combination of the DC Universe's greatest heroes of history. A galaxy of superstar writers such as Denny O'Neill, Len Wein, Steve Englehart, and Jerry Conway. The longest artistic run in the book's history by the astonishing Dick Dillon, along with contributions by Neil Adams, Don Heck, George Tusca, Rich Buckler, and George Perez. All this and more surprises and excitement await you in this new phase of Justice's First Dawn. Come along with Television's Era certified super friends at classicjla.podbean.com or subscribe to the show via iTunes. Oh yeah, and there's the debut of Ultra. Yay! Okay, now that you're back, it's time to start talking about our issue, The Ray, number 18. Cover dated November 1995. The on-sale date was September 26th, 1995 at least according to Mike'sAmazingWorld.com. Monsters. Written by Christopher Priest. Pencils by Jason Armstrong. Inks by Ande Parks. The colorist was James Sinclair. And the letterer, Kevin Cunningham. Edited by Brian Augustine and Alessandre Morales Caraballo. The cover was done by Jason Armstrong and Ande Parks. Original cover price, $2.25. Speaking of the cover, it shows the ray in the middle with the faces of Neuron and Vandal Savage looking on behind him. Now, since the topic of this crossover is Underworld Unleashed, we're just going to concentrate on the part of the story that involves that. Half of this issue involves Ray's dad, the original Ray, and his other son, Joshua. However, since they have nothing to do with Underworld Unleashed, and they're just part of the ongoing narrative of the series, 
we're just going to ignore that. We start in Philadelphia, where the Ray lives and works. He is coming into his office to find a strange woman at his desk typing on his keyboard. She introduces herself as Kathy Noreen and says she's here to make his dreams come true. Nothing dirty like that. She's offering him rationalized ferrometric animation, or RAPA for short. He doesn't believe it's possible, but she says she can give it to him, depending on what he wants to give her in return. Before Ray can answer, they are interrupted by his boss, Vandal Savage, who wants to have a word with Kathy. Okay, those of you who are familiar with DC may know who Vandal Savage is and are wondering why the Ray is working for him. The rest of you are wondering who the hell is named Vandal Savage. Quick background. He's one of DC's oldest characters, in both possible ways. He first appeared in Green Lantern number 10 all the way back in the winter of 1943. He's an immortal. He was born Vandal... It's spelled A-D-G. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. I'm just going to go with Vandal Ag. <laughs> and was the leader of a tribe of Cro-Magnons in prehistoric times. Due to the special comic book radiation from a fallen meteor... Instead of dying, he gained immortality. Vandal has spent all of history trying to gain power and conquer, and generally being a massive dick. Due to how long he has been alive, he is also amazingly, fabulously wealthy. He was also the main villain in the first season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow on the CW. He was a major character in the Ray series. In his attempt to corrupt Ray, he offered Ray a job at one of his tech companies due to Ray's talent with computers. Which makes sense when you consider how much time growing up Ray spent isolated and alone. While he is working for Vandal now, don't worry. Ray will have quit and the two of them fighting by the end of the series. Anyway, back to this comic. In his office, Vandal and Kathy are arguing over Ray. Vandal says that the boy is his and orders Kathy to stay away. Kathy gets angry and threatens Vandal, who does not care, though he wishes Kathy would just show her true self. And like that, we see that Kathy Noreen is actually Neuron. Anyone surprised? Me either. So, Vandal and Neuron continue to argue over who is going to have influence over Ray. Neuron starts to believe that Vandal actually cares for Ray. This still doesn't stop him from calling Ray as Kathy and setting up a private meeting, complete with just enough innuendo to get Ray's hormones working faster than his brain. Knowing Neuron's passion for making deals, Vandal tries to offer his own soul, but Neuron has no interest in that. He wants innocent souls. Hearing this, Vandal believes he has a chance to make a deal. He brings Neron to see the Atomic Skull, who is keeping captive in a holographic simulator. Alright, time for another quick character background. The Atomic Skull is a Superman villain. He originally was a normal guy who happened to be a fan of the old Atomic Skull movie serials. When his powers were activated, he actually became the Atomic Skull. Unfortunately, he also believes himself to be this movie character, and keeps on reliving the events of that story. He does not realize what is actually happening in the real world. I'm not sure how Vandal came to have him as a captive. I'm assuming it was in earlier issues. But he offers the skull to Neuron. Because even though the skull has fought Superman and endangered innocent lives, the real person inside does not realize this and is truly innocent. Vandal offers the skull to Neuron if he will just leave Ray alone. Neuron says that he will agree to the deal, but only if Vandal admits that he not just cares but loves Ray. We jump back to Ray in the executive washroom thinking about Kathy. Vandal shows up and orders Ray to stay away from her. Being barely out of his teens, Ray has quite a reaction to this order. After this, he looks up Kathy in the phone book and finds her at home. She tells him she can't see him because of the deal she made with Vandal Savage. He tells her that's great, but that was Vandal's deal. If she wants to make one with him, he's listening. And then they kiss. Have you ever wanted to be more than you are? Are you worried your full potential isn't enough?
ever wonder if finding that out is worth your soul? Best Event Ever is back for 2018 with DC's 1995 event, Underworld Unleashed. Several blogs and podcasts are coming together to examine the effects these questions have on the heroes and villains of the DC Universe. Join On The Gun, Justice Trek, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, The Idlehead of Diablo, and Relatively Geeky, among others, as they examine the effects these questions have on characters like Star Sapphire, Green Lantern, Lex Luthor, The Ray, and The Cheetah. Follow them all using hashtag BestEventEver2018 and hashtag UnderworldReUnleashed across social media all throughout October. Go ahead. Blow out that candle. Neuron is waiting. This story starts with some wonderful mid-90s technobabble, as the first thing Kathy says to Ray is, just need to finish tinkering with this res edit to get your OS to load my CD. Even better, we get an editor's note to let us know that res stands for resource fork editor, OS is operating system, and CD is compact disc or CD-ROM. And don't forget her offered array of the Rationalized Ferrometric Animation, or RAPA for short. Now, beyond per RAPA the RAPA, I have no idea what that is. Hopefully one of you out there has an idea about that, or res. I know what an OS and CDR, don't worry, I'm not that inept. And if you're out there, please let me know. Was this something Priest made up for the story, or was it real? More importantly, whatever happened to RAPA if it was real? In the issue, Ray calls it a hacker's wet dream. So if it was a real thing, did it ever work? And if so, how long before it became obsolete? On to the characters. It's interesting to see how things were perceived back then as opposed to now. Ray is supposed to be young. If he was just 18 when he was introduced three years ago, even if he was aged in real time, he would only be 21 at this point. But here he is, dressed in full business attire. Nice pants, dress shirt, tie and suspenders. If any media now was showing a 21-year-old recruited to a tech company, you know they would just be wearing the same clothes to work that they wore hanging out with their friends. Kathy is also wearing professional business attire, although with a miniskirt instead of pants. Looking at her, I'm thinking an influence must have been Heather Locklear when she was on Melrose Place. Go look it up. Character-wise, I enjoyed the interaction between all of them. It's easy to see just why Ray is so enamored with Kathy. Slightly older, beautiful woman who knows as much, if not more, since she's able to break the password on to get onto his system, about technology as he does. Of course he's not thinking with the head on his shoulders. And when he does, sorta, it's because Vandal has ordered him to avoid her. Ray can tell that there's a reason why Vandal wants to keep the two of them apart. And he's hoping it's something he can use against Vandal. Now, we know what it really is. She's the devil. And obviously, if Kathy told Ray that, it would probably not be the best idea for her plans. But my favorite interaction is the one between Vandal Savage and Kathy slash Neron. Two villains, both really, really, really old. And while they might threaten each other a little bit here and there, 
they don't feel the need to just start going out punching each other just because one found the other on their turf. They both know what the other can do, and they obviously respect each other enough to not even bother fighting. I recently reread Underworld Unleashed number one, and Vandal Savage doesn't show up at all in that. And I'm wondering, was that intentional so they can do this story? Or did Priest just take advantage of the fact that Vandal Savage wasn't in there? And did the story accordingly? Either way, I enjoyed it. As for the art, it's okay. It's not bad. Sometimes, though, the faces did seem a bit wonky. Actually, the art in the first half of the book, which is the part we didn't cover because it had nothing to do with Underworld Unleashed, I liked it better than the art in the half of the book that was part of the Underworld Unleashed crossover. Either way, though, I've decided I'm going to give artist Jason Armstrong a pass. Yeah, I said it was okay, and there were some issues with some of the faces, but you know what? At the point this book came out, he'd only been a professional artist for just over a year, and this was his 14th comic. So, not bad for such a rookie? Translates into pretty damn awesome. I'm going to have to check out his stuff to see what he's doing more recently. I'd like to see how his art's evolved since then. Overall, I enjoyed this issue as both part of the Underworld Unleashed crossover and as a story of the Ray. As part of the crossover, I was happy that this was an issue that wasn't just villain gets increased powers, attacks the hero with new powers. We had Neuron itself. Okay, yeah, before when in the Neuron form or in the Kathy form, I used him, her, because that's what they were portraying. But overall, Neuron's a demon. Do they even have gender as we know what it is? I really doubt it. Anyway. So it was Neuron itself going after Ray, and using some subterfuge to do it, not just all blatantly attacking. I really enjoyed it, and it's really making me want to go back and read the entire Ray series, which I might be doing after this, after we do these two episodes. Alright, that's enough of this. I gotta get moving on here. Let's get on to the feedback. So here is the feedback for our last episode, episode 16, Our Favorite New Gods. On Facebook, the post about that episode was liked and shared by Justin Lesniak, Michael Lane, Pat Sampson, Mike Peacock, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, The Kirby Cast, Comics in the Golden Age, Frank Prank, that's an awesome name, Melvin Pena, and Joe Sedano. On Twitter, the post was retweeted and liked by Dario Oliveira, Kobe Wan Kenobi, Low456, The Countdown Pod, 100 Hairs, Rick Baker version, Comics in the Golden Age, The Kirby Cast, Let's Get Shitty Show Podcast, Marco Do Nascimento, Batman Crime Solver, And Boo Hinton, This Trombone Kills Fascists, Oscar Gonzalez, Lost in Time, Angus McRockford, Steve Partain, Mr. Nobody, Chris Creamer, John Stinson Ferdinand, Leo Rivera, Brian Kelly, Daniel Blevins, Hector Trevino, Son of Thor, Sapirite, Shashmita, Longbox Review, and Jack Kirby Museum. Don't forget to also check out our homepage, thepopculturepalace.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at the PC Palace, and on Facebook, just type Pop Culture Palace in the search box. And if you'd like to hear more from me, give my other show a try. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. You can find it pretty much everywhere you found this show, or at resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. The next episode out for that show will also be part of the Best Event Ever crossover. We will be covering 
the issue of uh, Underwater Unleashed Abyss Hell Sentinel featuring the Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott. And finally, you can also send us an email at thepalaceofpopculture at gmail.com. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this issue of The Ray or on Underworld Unleashed in general. Well, that's it for this time. We'll be back before the end of the month with The Ray number 19. Don't forget to check out the other shows and blogs that are part of the best event ever crossover. As I said before, links to all of them can be found in the show notes. See you next time. Music for this podcast was Going Higher, provided by royalty-free music from bensound.com. spent all of history trying to gain power and conquer. Vandal spent all of... Vandal sent all... That's right! I'm in the house! Here it comes! Extra, extra, we'd all about it! The best burgers in town from all around! People from around the world come and get it! The line goes around like a merry-go-round! Cut! 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 Cut!